Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everyone, to Podcasting for Beginners, a program sponsored with FIA and... um, Gosh, I'm forgetting the other group uh, who is helping sponsor us. Is it ACB Next Gen, maybe? I, I think not, so. I, I think that's it. So uh, we are here to talk about um, microphones and other kinds of um, work you will be interested in if you are wanting to start a podcast. Uh, Before I get going here, which obviously I've already gone too far, uh, let me give you the CEU code for the beginning of this session. That opening code is 73895. Again, 73895. With me on the panel is Derek Lane, who some of you may know already from his speaking on other podcasts and the great work that you've probably heard if you know of him already, and maybe you've heard if you don't know him. Let me introduce Derek Lane. How are you, Derek? I'm good. I'm excited <laughs> but nervous. Well, um, that's okay. I'm I'm obviously blundering, so um, I don't know what I am. <laughs> That very thing, maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is exciting to be here. It is exciting to talk about um, podcasting and production and and hopefully kind of help people realize that uh, their ideas, their efforts, and uh, the way they want to express themselves is probably worth a podcast or radio show and is something they are perfectly capable of producing. If you can hear good audio with some work, you could probably produce it. If you can recognize something as what it is and and hear all the little details, chances are with some time and effort, you'll be able to put those details into something of your own creation. And we're going to try to discuss some of what it may require, some of what that effort may require. And uh, we've got like an hour and some change to do it, if I'm not mistaken. So that well, having that's, been... Huh? That's easy, isn't it? I mean... I mean, what, what what more is there to talk about in an hour and 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, no rush, right? Um, right. <laughs> yeah, so don't fall asleep. You might miss something. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or if you fall asleep and wake up in a different place and it connects seamlessly, then maybe you don't. But either way, uh, what I'd like to do is take some sort of initial intro type stuff. I'd like to read the room. And let's get maybe 10 people. And who can be very concise and say who they are, what they're from, their interests, and what they'd like to learn from this particular uh, session. I'm trying to get Allie able to unmute. You got it, hon. There you go. Uh, So I'm Allie. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I have one episode of a podcast that I've started with my friend. It's just kind of us being us. We may cover some more serious topics, but it will mainly be just ourselves and we're using anchor and we have no idea what we're doing so if you could tell us a little bit about anchor we'd appreciate it thank you michael babcock is next hey it's michael here i've done a variation of podcasting off and on since 2003 regularly since 2015 and i'm interested in learning how to take it back to the basics because i often overcomplicate things i'm actually writing this stuff down 
Okay, uh, Betsy Doan should be next. Okay, I'm interested more in microphones and audio. I, I, I do some recording um, of material. I don't know that I'll do a podcast particularly, but the subject of audio and microphones and good mics uh, uh, interests me and how to improve. I think the description talks about how to improve what we have as yep. well. Thank you. Got lots for you. Trance Brown is next. Trance, Good afternoon, everybody. Go. Yep, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, yes, my name is Trampus Brown. Uh, I am a, from the great state of North Dakota, and I am really coming into it from the from the beginning level. Um, you know, what's the best programs to be using for recording, editing, mixing, uh, different things like that. So uh, I have a variety of different topics that pretty much already planned out a bunch of programs, just need to get the, the right technology and, and devices to do the recording. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Hello. There you go. Yep. Hi. Uh, my name is Mitchell Bridwell. Um, I am uh, from the state of Indiana, and currently I actually uh, stream a little bit on Twitch, but I'd love to be get, uh, to get into um, podcasting, knowing how to edit audio, um, and just how to better improve the audio quality of my uh, streams and podcasts and potential podcasts. Okay. Well, that will be something we'll definitely be able to take care of. We have Denver Jones. Okay, so I'm going to approach from a simple pro perspective. I am a bare naked man. I know zero about podcasting, but I currently host a show, a live show on Blog Talk Radio. And so I would like to take that experience from Blog Talk and put it into podcasting. So I need to know system requirements, equipment requirements, and just how stupid I can be or can't be. <laughs> well, I would say glibly that there is a corner of the internet for everyone. So I, as far as how stupid you could be, that's totally up to you. And that I, is the beauty of, of the 21st century. Literally, you can be whatever you like. And we, there's a platform for it. Hi, uh, I'm Chris Bell. Yeah, that's uh, Chris I, Bell. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an attorney, so I'm an expert in procrastination. Um, <laughs> but I'm not an expert in podcasting. And like the the previous gentleman, I've never done it. So I want something or I want some advice that would allow me to do it as simply as possible. Um, I'm not talking about the equipment, but I have a, a learning disability, which is spatial, it means I have difficulty understanding uh, anything spatial, like uh, like headings on a, on a web page, for example. They all look the same to me. I can't, even if it tells me it's the fourth heading, I don't know what that means. So uh, I need something that would be as simple as possible, particularly if I need to do some editing. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. All right. How many more do you want, I Derek? think Because uh, there's quite a few hands I, I know. And unfortunately, <laughs> if we're going to get to what we want to get to uh, and the questions I've already received, um, then that's going to be a problem because we'll run into time 
constraints. So here's what I would like. Uh, I'm going to address some of the stuff we've talked about already or that have been asked about. And then should your question be answered, just go ahead and put your hand down. And should you have more questions, put your hand up. We'll get to you. I'll probably stop every 10 to 15 minutes for a question break, taking like maybe five or six so that we can hopefully get a fair um, majority of everybody able to, to get some, you know, questions in with, uh, you know, a decent amount of value added for me to have time to answer all of them in, in as much detail as is practical. And this little frame of time we have during these very, very busy days that we are in. So here's the thing that we have when we're dealing with podcasting and production, because if you approach it from the phone, that's very interesting. And there's a great deal of considerations to be made. And if you approach podcasting and the production thereof from a computer uh, standpoint uh, via you know PC or Mac, that's another group of considerations. The best I think we can do here and now is to address those which are common to both paradigms. In other words, things that, if taken care of from the start, are things that will help you sound good no matter what your platform is. You know, making the best out of the sound of blog talk radio versus, you know, good sound on anchor versus getting a good simple recording system going that will just let you sit down, open mouth, open mic, and push a button and, you know, send the audio where it needs to go. Uh, you know, we can we can do that. Uh, in terms of publication, promoting, things like that, I'm not going to be able to get into any of that, which is fair enough because those aren't my strong points anyway. I am primarily an audio instructor and have been and am for various institutions. The Cisco Academy for the Vision Impaired in Perth, Australia, I see music currently. I also do consulting on my own. And I am involved in a couple of other pre-recorded projects that I will discuss later, one of which you might find particularly interesting, which is probably why I'll just talk about that one because it would just make sense. So let's talk about microphones. Let's talk about the room we're in when we make our recordings because those things alone can make or break a recording. First thing you want to do is make sure you're comfortable. Yes, I know, you come to a technical seminar about optimization and all of these things, and then the guy says, the first thing you need to do is make sure you're comfortable, which has no technical requirement at all. But it's true. If you sound like you're not having a good time, if you sound tense, if you don't sound relaxed when you're talking to your listener, when you're having a very intimate conversation with that one person you may be reaching or those one million people you may be reaching, you want to be comfortable. You want to be you and you want to be able to just sit back and ramble endlessly if that's so uh, what you choose to do and just you know, know that everything's all right. Or if it isn't all right and you're in a story and you're telling about some crazy thing that happened, you know, know that the world is freaking out with you and, and going through your emotions as you tell your story. And that requires nothing technically because everyone's version of comfort is subjective. And once you're comfortable in your space, 
and it's preferably a quiet space, then we can look at some other technical considerations. For example, the microphone you have and where it is the most sensitive. Now, when I say sensitive, I'm not talking about like everything has feelings. Oh, so sensitive. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, no. I mean sensitive in terms of what part of the microphone predominantly picks up audio because that is the part of the microphone that needs to be close to you. Then you need to do a test on your microphone to see what part of it picks up the least amount of audio and point that to whatever the noisiest thing in your room happens to be. So the microphone may end up at some really strange, crazy angle, and you may have to move it or move things around it such that you can then comfortably speak into the most sensitive part of it but that is going to immediately make a huge difference in any recording you make or on any Zoom conference you're in or any team meeting, et cetera, et cetera. Because if we have a lot of background noise, that could be a big distraction. A little is tolerable, but you know, if you've got all kinds of things going and you're sort of in the mix, people may be distracted by something in your podcast that isn't even you. And that would just be kind of awkward and kind of insulting. So test just to see with what you have, what sounds the best for your voice and where the most sensitive part of the microphone is. For example, we could say, hey, this mic sounds really good. I think it does. It is, to me, one of the most accurate mics I have and reflects anyone speaking or singing into it accurately. How they sound in life is how they sound on this mic. I love this mic. But if I turn it a particular way and I talk right here in the same microphone, it sounds absolute garbage. There's just one very specific spot on this mic that if you talk into it, you get this sound. So with one mic, just depending on how it's angled in front of me, I can either sound like this or I can sound like this. Also, let's talk about uh, transferring sound. Sound is basically generated through anything that vibrates within a certain speed. If something is vibrating within a particular speed, we hear it, and therefore our audio equipment records it. So for example, if you have a humming hard drive, got an external drive array, and you got all this cool stuff and all these cool things on your drives, that's awesome, that's fun, that's great, and that's loud. If your microphone is sitting on a desk, on just a metal stand, with nothing between it and the desk, that hum of those hard drives is going to vibrate right through your mic. And it doesn't matter how sensitive the mic may or may not be because that sound is everywhere. That sound is coming in from all directions because of the mic basically being anchored to the desk, which is transferring the vibration to the external hard drives. So if something is humming or whatever, just move it a few inches. Move the mic off of the same space, the same plane that has something vibrating on it. Little things like this, even before you invest a single dollar or even a single cent into some new piece of equipment, may help you make the best of what you have. So, uh, any questions so far? Let's take the first three. Diane, you should be able to unmute. Hey, thank you. Uh, hello, Derek. Hey. Um, I'm curious to know your opinion of, you know, if you're just doing speaking, uh, of headset microphones like the one I'm using now. 
Admittedly, most of the sound of those I don't like. And the reason I don't like them is because it's easier to get sound wrong with them than right with them. If they're too close to your mouth, all you're going to hear is your breath and the, the plosives, the, the popping P's, the S's, the T's. They're going to kind of have this um, rumbling sound behind them, for lack of a better word. Um, it's, it's like when I was talking off to this, this part of the mic right here, you hear all the plosives, the pops of the P's <laughs> and the T's and all the things. So even a TH pops with that. That's not good. And headset mics, if you're not careful, will give you that effect. And it's a very amateur sounding effect. So if you use a headset mic, listen to yourself through, you know, the test facilities on Zoom. Or if you have an app like uh, Goldwave, on your computer where you can just do a good recording and play it back, you know, listen to it and just experiment, just move the mic around. But if someone's going out to buy something, I really don't prefer, I, I don't know of headset mics that are cheap, that sound good. Um, there are some pretty expensive ones that Audio-Technica makes for the broadcast space, but, you know, they're about 300 bucks last time I looked. And, you know, that's your headphones and the microphone in one go. But then you still need something to record that with. You still need an interface to plug it into. And USB mics, headset combos, like the, the Logitech stuff, you can take sound from those and process it in such a way to make the sound better and clean it up. But I really, that takes a lot of work. And you can uh, learn to do the work, but it certainly takes it. Mm -hmm. Jason, I, say I, I was just going to say I'm kind of laughing because uh, silently because I just had this very same discussion with Derek. I went and bought, <laughs> you know, a headset that that others seem to review and say, "Oh, this is great." And I thought, "Well, good. You know, I want something that's comfortable and allow me to just speak and not have to worry about, you know, uh, where my microphone is and I can just be in front of the camera kind of thing." But I got this headset, and right away, I'm like, this simply will not do. It doesn't give me this sound. It gave me a very comparably compressed uh, or tinny kind of sound. And it, it wasn't deplorable, but it, it wasn't this sound, and I just I just, I just, didn't like it at all. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Best Buy is going to get their uh, headset back. But anyway, I, I just had to pop in with that because it just happened to me. <laughs> but see, you didn't pop in with it you, you popped in and so because you're not using <laughs> yes. where uh, yeah so <laughs> we have um greg wandsmeter okay okay hello derek hello Hi. jason hey Good greg to hear your voices um so i um often do things on my iphone and i'm wondering what's the best app to test even before i get into like the podcast app and the audio editing app is there a good app that i can use to test audio even before i do all that is there an app that you would recommend to just be able to hear myself and twisted wave there's a free version of it okay and okay. it's a little recorder and it's uh, you can buy some editing features to trim the recordings and things like that. I haven't really played with that part of it, but it does have a monitor function and you can just listen to what your phone's picking up. Thank Great you. question. And by the way, that does remind me for anybody using the iPhone, you will actually get really surprisingly good sound from the iPhone's internal microphone if you do the following. And this sounds really strange, not going to lie, but it works. And it's pretty cool. And it's free if you already got the phone, so you may as well try it, right? 
don't use earpods or airpods especially earpods have a pretty decent ish mic in them but the problem is is its location it's picking up your shirt more than your face <laughs> yep. any kind of movement is just picked right up hair and, even yes and if you yeah hair mhm mm so even <laughs> if you take your shirt off to do your podcast uh you know that still might not solve the problem you could you could hold the microphone sort of close to you but then you've kind of got your hand sort of in midair trying not to cup this thing because you know if you cup a microphone that just screws the whole thing up it doesn't matter how good the mic is so if you cup your you know just that right there just moving that just completely changed the sound of this microphone so i can get three sounds out of one mic i can get this sound by cupping it and get this sound by using it properly and then i can get this sound by talking into the wrong part of it how cool i haven't touched the mixer i haven't touched a single piece of audio equipment in the studio and i've gotten three vastly different sounds just because of what i did to the microphone so that aside use the mic on the phone get a regular set of headphones and one of those lightning to eighth inch adapters and use a regular set of headphones on the phone and use the internal mic at the end of the phone and hold it close to you but toward the side of your face so that like if you're actively producing air in a sibilant sound or a F or a P or a T the air worst case scenario is going across the mic not into it and so you can get very close to the mic you can therefore make background sound much quieter in comparison to yourself and you're not going to run into those nasty popping P's and T's and S's and things like that from being super close to a mic because your air is not a force impacting the front of the microphone. It's just something passing across it, which is we a much less violent sound. We have a few more hands raised. I didn't okay. know if you wanted to take them. Yeah, let's get a couple more in. Okay, uh, Li Lino, you should be able to unmute. It's Lino, by the way. Oh, Lino, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Gets it wrong. I'll make it quick. And uh, one thing that I think I would then want to touch, and I want to echo what you said, Derek, about using the internal microphone on the AirPods. I just bought my wife uh, a brand new set of AirPods Pro, and I was telling her what you said. And Jonathan Mosens pretty much echoed the same thing a few weeks back when he was talking about uh, the uh, app that I wish you would have an easy wincy bit of time to mention is a uh, Media Backpack Studio. Oh, so I want God, to learn how to do a whole thing that. on Backpack. It's yeah, great. yeah, yeah I want to learn incredible. how to use it um, down the road, but maybe not now, maybe not maybe next year. But anyway, another thing you need to touch on, uh, I may touch on is, uh, and I'll demonstrate here quickly. Um, if you have either a microphone plugged into either USB or, you know, the 3.5 inch millimeter jack. Uh, and if you live in a older, older house like I do, you're going to get the following. Yeah, bad grounding, right? Um, I mean, that's not an easy fix, but there's one thing you got to avoid. And yeah, and uh, and I've been doing this all week, and I'm probably going to continue to do it till this darn thing's over. Uh, a lot of people, uh, number one, Jason, sorry, uh, very bassy in their microphones, depending on what it is. And a m member of ACB leadership, who I will not mention her name, uh, a lot of mics sound kind of like you're talking through a plastic or, or like a tin cup. So yeah, that's that's another no no in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and mute, and you guys can continue on. Thanks, Derek. Great, great, great uh, convention. No. Sure. And then we have uh, Mitchell Bridwell. Hello. All right. Now I'm unmuted. I'm actually talking into my iPhone right now. I'm not using my uh, microphone because I'm doing other things while listening to this, and it's very helpful. Um, so I guess 
maybe this might be a little off topic, but using um, just stuff around the house to dampen audio for uh, for like when you're it's like if I, I'm in uh, I'm in college and so I'm going to be at a dorm and it's a pretty large room. So I'm curious if there are like any suggestions um, about how to dampen that. And I also believe if, uh, that about what Greg was saying earlier about the, you can actually, I think use live listen on your phone to actually list um, while it's normally used for uh, people with hard of hearing, you can also use that to see how your mo- microphone sounds. You, are, you can exactly. The difference is in twisted wave and backpack there's this very cool feature that they both have which will disable ios processing on the microphone oh ios adds certain pre-emphasis to certain frequencies depending on what you're doing so your phone for example will sound very different in a zoom call than it does say if you're taking a video with it that's interesting Um, that's very interesting I mean, just, you know, even just uh, talk to a friend on a Zoom call and then FaceTime and then make a video. And on the same phone, you're going to sound very different in each scenario. And that is just because of the way iOS processes the sound to try to optimize it for what it thinks you're doing. But these programs, these apps are brilliant because they give you the option to disable the processing. So what you get is a very respectable sounding microphone that you can process later as you learn different techniques with like EQ and compression and DSing and gating and things like that. All right. Thank you. Denver, you should be able to unmute. When I said stupid, I should have said ignorant. Um, But you said the name of that app is called Twisted Wave. Yes. And that will allow me also purchase editing tools within the app? Yes. I, but by itself, it's just a straight recorder. It's just record and stop. Okay. And you can upload it to a number of places in okay. a number of formats. I'm promoting stuff because I've used it, and I don't make any money off the promotion of it. I don't have affiliate links or anything fun like that for myself. So I have no problem with... That's know. all the hands then, Derek. All right. Well, that's cool. So... Now, I'm going to show you a couple of different microphones, and I'm going to show you some advantages and disadvantages of, of each. The microphone is important because the microphone determines it, it is the ear. It is part of the, the hearing process for your listener. And what it hears, you know, and what you don't edit out, your uh, listener could possibly hear as well. Now, it's great to have, you know, a legendary fancy, fancy microphone. That's cool. You read about all these um, gear reviews, and they'll talk about their Neumann U87s or their TLM103s or the RE20s, or, you know, the EV um, product, etc., and all this stuff. Well, I'm not going to say the name of the manufacturer because I don't actually want to prevent people from buying something that would have been a good product, but let me promise you, you are way more than the microphone. The microphone could make or break your audio but not you or your microphone could break and i say that because i had a twelve hundred dollar microphone in here that i was using uh had a match set of them and they were handmade in austria very fancy things and 
one of the switches that controlled basically the sensitivity of the mic fell off in my hand. <laughs> Sent them back, got another set, and a switch was missing on one of those. I have found a cheaper alternative that's actually better, that has more features on it, and that sounds uh, better and is more well-built. So, money is not everything. It is not an obstacle, therefore, to having a good microphone. And most of these mics I'm going to show you are under $100. This one is not, but that's okay. This one's about four. But I'm going to show you, uh, and this, by the way, is the Shure SM7B. If you want models, I'll give you models, but not because of endorsements, just for sake of education. And this microphone has a pretty directional, what's called pickup pattern. And that means that it has a pretty narrow field that it is on what, you know, in which it is sensitive. That means if I'm close to it and I face it, I'm very easy to hear. But if I turn my head, I immediately start to kind of, you know, drift away, uh, which is great because if there was a little bit of background ambience in this space or something going on, it would be kind of masked uh, pretty, pretty well. Whereas this mic right here that I've just switched on is a Lewitt LCT 640TS. It, I would describe, is my favorite mic for flattery. The SM7 is my favorite mic for accuracy, but th th this thing kind of adds an edge to voices and to instruments that puts it a little bit more forward in the mix, that puts them a little more forward without having to really touch an EQ. The problem is, is that it's a lot more sensitive, so if I'm not careful, without something in front of this mic, I can pop the P's and the T's and the S's and all the things, and even if I turn my head, I'm still pretty easy to hear. And so that means that if there was something going on in my background, I would be, or it would be, very easy to hear. So you take the good with the bad in this particular case. Because the more directional a microphone is, the more sensitive it is, the more of the voice uh, the mic can pick up. Because it isn't just our faces that create our voice, it's our entire body. Our chest, for example, has... Uh, a lot to do with the lower registers of our voices, and anyone with vocal training will have probably been taught this kind of thing. And so if you have a microphone, for example, this one that I'm about to use, which is a Shure SM57, talking in one microphone and hooking up another, it's about 100 bucks. This Lewitt thing's about 9 so we're going to jump in a little bit. Here we go. Okay, we'll bring this up, and um, there we go. This is the Shure SM57, and it has a vastly different sound to it than any of the mics that I have shown you before. Now, it's not a good sound, it's not a bad sound, it's just a different sound. And with various audio tools that are accessible to us, we could change that sound to uh, make it similar to the other mics that you've heard. The cool thing about this mic is that it's practically non-destructible. It is... Basically remained the same since the mid-60s when Shure made it. And just as a piece of trivia, it is the microphone our presidents have used since Lyndon B. Johnson. And the reason is because Shure didn't try to give the White House anything. They wouldn't take payoffs from all the other manufacturers that wanted advertising. Shure was the only thing willing to sell to the White House, not give, and therefore... <laughs> Their lack of generosity was rewarded by being the 
company that makes the microphone the president uses even now, the Shure SM57. It's good because you can get very close to it. And yes, when you do that, you kind of get sort of a bit more mids in your voice, a little more bass, which may or may not be a good thing, depending on the sound you like. And yes, it is sensitive if you're not careful to the popping P's and T's and S's and things, but they do make windscreens for them that prevents that problem. And if you're very close to a mic like this and you turn your head, then you drop way off really fast. Hello! Versus hello. Big difference. Uh, this mic is sensitive only at the front if we talk around it. Uh, there's a little part at the side. That sounds really bad. Wow, it really does sound bad. Oh, boy. Wow, I didn't know it did that. Oh, wow. Okay, halfway down the microphone, halfway down, and at the end. So we know, for example, we want to talk straight at the mic because if we're talking straight onto this mic, we pop P's and T's and C's and things. It's fine. It's bad if you're a little off because then the air hits the side, and that's where the, the weak spot is, that side right there, right below. It's where the wind is actually the most prevalent from... Okay, interesting. So you just move stuff around and listen to what it sounds like. I mean, you can even take this one mic and do like a drama. You know, somebody knocks on the door. Yeah, what's up? You know, just whatever. Okay, so I'll stop playing with mics for now because I have a whole bunch of them here that I could talk about. Uh, like, for example, certain mics that are dedicated for broadcasting and, and what they do. But I would like to basically... Um, take more questions and i would like to have time to talk about the recording and editing process of podcasts and mckay you should be able to unmute hi this is fantastic i'm glad that you're here to talk about it but unfortunately i was not able to see any of your demonstrations did you share this on your screen or no i'm just am I was, missing something i i don't have video oh uh, okay i was thinking wow it'd be great you said you're demonstrating and showing it and i I, like what happened yeah i mean i am it's just there's no video of it i'm i'm surrounded by three mic stands and a whole bunch of microphones that i laid out for different things just in case people for whatever questions people may have i'm surrounded by three mic stands and i've got a bunch of cables ran and it's a mess and it is not something that would look great on screen no problem is there a way to get the list of the things that you're talking about if you write to FIA, you can write to webmaster at friendsinart.org if you're interested in some information and we can we can get back to you with, with what you're looking for. That might be a way to do it. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Chris Bell. So I want to do a uh, legal case law podcast, which is going to mean that I will have to use JAWS in my headphone because I'm going to have to be manipulating notes and all that kind of stuff. And therefore I'm going to be using a keyboard. And uh, so I need a mic, I guess, on a stand and I need a mic that's not going to pick up the noise of my typing on my keyboard. So does that suggest anything to you? Jason, um, you have that Audio-Technica, is it the AT2005? Yes. And that mic is a neat mic. It is a neat mic because it's inexpensive and sounds very nice, I think. It's a little brighter than this microphone, maybe, and in certain areas. But um, I'm trying to remember if I got the bundle package, but there is a package that allows you to get it, and it comes with a little desk stand. Um, it comes with a windscreen so that you don't have to worry about popping your peas. And um, you... Can you spell that? I'm not sure exactly what you said the type of mic was. Oh, sure. It's called the Audio-Technica, and that's 
a u d i o dash t e c h n i c a and the model is at 2005 a is in alpha 2 is in the number 2 uh yeah a a is in alpha t is in tango and then 2005 Gotcha. You'll yeah. want to get a floor stand for floor that. Floor stand? Yeah, because you want that off your desk. While your keyboard is on the same plane yeah. as your microphone, you may as well just be banging right on the microphone while you're typing on the keyboard for all the... Yes. Okay, I was going to put the keyboard on my lap, but anyway. Oh, that um, works too. That works too, actually. Okay. As long as you're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And actually, that would be perfect because the keyboard is going to be just out of the pickup of that microphone if it's below the mic on the on his lap. Mm-hmm. Now see that cordless phone ringing? That is still very much within the pickup of this mic. So what we're going to do is indiscriminately just unplug it. All right. Now, that's got that. <laughs> we have Alan Lemley. Yeah, Derek. Thanks. Uh, yeah, man. What kind of computer are you, I assume you're using a computer now that you're plugging these different mics into. Oh, yeah. What kind I, of computer are you using? And can you spell sure for us? S-H-U-R-E. Okay. And now, just because, yeah, cause, so the SM7B is this mic, which I love. I love it um, because it is accurate. The 57 colors things, right? It has its own sound to it. And it's primarily for instruments, but it can be, like I said, we, you know, I did just use it for voice as, as a demonstration. You know, EV makes some good mics. Rode, R-O-D-E, they make some good mics. Bluet, L-U-W-E-T, probably the, the spelling of that. I like their pro- I mean, there's so many good options these days. It's incredible. Well, We're surrounded excellent. by good audio. Well, thanks for the great presentation. We appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Computer is just a custom-built machine, Windows. I have a... I'm just going to get a little tiny bit technical... I have a Behringer uh, 1820 interface uh, that I have a Behringer X32 producer mixer connected to. And that gives me an incredible amount of flexibility because the mixer has its own audio interface and the Behringer um, 1820 exists and handles submixes from it. And so my, my routing flexibility is insane. Okay, we have uh, Nora Martin. Okay. Uh, thank you again for this wonderful presentation. Uh, my question is, I already have equipment for music recording. I have a multi-track uh, task cam recorder and a good condenser mic. Um, would that be something I could use and then mix and master? And then I guess it would transfer as an MP, uh, you know, as a, a music file, wave file. Or would I have to get separate equipment to do podcasts? Nope, you're good. Okay, okay. And I I understood what you were saying, but it, it does have a, because it's a condenser mic, it has a narrow pickup field, and I have a, um, a windscreen for plosives, et cetera, already. So yeah. thank you very much. Good. You're certainly welcome. Deborah Witt. Well, um, I'm waiting for the book on how to do podcasts for dummies to come out. Um, that's what I really need. But um, I have a friend that is wanting me to do some podcast um, showing um, some of the um, cooking devices that um, her company has and how they can be utilized by the blind. 
And of course, I've never done a podcast and I have an iPad and I have a tripod um, that I can, you know, put it on. But at that point, I'm like, you know, where do you go with the sound? And, and if I'm going to be recording through the uh, microphone of the um, iPad, um, is there like a, a distance you should be or um, any sort of headset that I could or use? I mean, I'm not really sure how one would go about that. And then also I'd like to find out about mixers. Um, if you can recommend anything like that, sure. and how, what, what you do with those, if you're fixing to produce a podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, the iPad mic is, you know, at the bottom of the iPad. Yes. Uh, you know, anyway, from one foot to three feet away sounds pretty good with those. You do have a whole bunch of other options though, because you're using an iPad. So you can use things like the Zoom H1N recorder, which I think is the coolest hundred bucks that somebody could spend, honestly. Now that having been said, I don't have one yet, <laughs> but everything I've heard people record with those sounds really good. The stereo mics that are built into them, built onto them are really clean. Uh, there is some self noise, just a little bit of background, but for what it is, it's the best sonically in terms of the, the image that it picks up. Um, you know, some friends sent me some stuff. Is that an app or is that's is a that Zoom software? H1N? It's a physical piece of hardware. Okay, and you would it's buy in it stereo, from... wherever Amazon, Sweetwater, okay. whatever, like wherever you shop. Z Zounds, all of it, they all have them. B and H, whatever. That is in stereo, and so you could get like a camera connection kit, and you could use the Zoom's microphones and its headphone jack for the in and the out to and from your iPad. But what I would do is I would just start out by putting something like Backpack Studio on the iPad and learning that and then going from there. And then if you wanted to have stereo recording and you wanted to have better mics or you wanted an external recorder and you just didn't want to be fooling with the iPad in the first place, you just wanted a WAV file or an MP3 you could chop up in something else, I'd get an H1N and then use your tripod, put the recorder on a tripod because it has a mount on the bottom of it for that and then just do your thing there's a there's a bunch of ways okay oh. all right derek and i thought maybe um just letting you know we have about 25 minutes left so i i didn't i want to make sure you have enough time to demonstrate the you know editing or anything else that you want to it's up to you yeah so let's me let me before we talk about editing and the kind of editing that we can do in podcasts and, and things and, and ways to kind of clean them up let me do mention that most of the microphones I've spoken of today, with the exception of the Audio-Technica, do require a box called an audio interface. If you order a lot of mics and they're, they don't have USB on them, then you're going to pull them out of the box and you're going to be all excited and you're going to see this funky little connector at the end of the mic. No cable, just this thing with three pins sticking out, kind of a triangular shape. You're going to go, what is that and why is this in my life? Why is there not USB there? Um... And that is because most mics use an XLR connector. And that's just a really nice audio connector that locks into place when you, when you connect an XLR cable to that connector. And an audio interface is a device that has all the guts to convert audio coming in from XLR, or similar connector type, to the um, USB or... Thunderbolt or whatever we like, you know, that our computers love these days. 
and it does all the math to take your microphone and make it show up as a USB device, basically. If that is a very daunting thing, then make sure what you get is a USB mic. I will be honest with you. Uh, you do a lot of shopping and a lot of research, and a lot of people are going to recommend the Blue Yeti. I have nothing against the company Blue, but I've heard a lot. I've played with the Yeti, and I've played with the Snowball, and those microphones are very expensive, and they are a very wide pickup pattern, and they just, to me, do not have a pleasant sound that would encourage, that would, that would be easy on my ears to listen to for a while. You know what I mean? Like, it's harsh to me. And so things recorded on a Yeti may not have the sound you want. And it may. And it's just really hard to know, admittedly, how something fits your voice unless you can buy it and try it. Or unless you can go to a store. Or if you go shopping on YouTube. Yes, YouTube. Type in a mic or a piece of equipment. Somebody's reviewed it. They may have a similar voice type as you. And so you may be able to be a judge based on that. So even if you can't get to any stores, there's still, there are places and things you can, you know, look at to help keep you from kind of having to uh, guess. But what I'd like to do now is a little demo and I can screen share if anybody would want that because I use a program called Reaper for like 98% of my recording, uh, music mixing, mastering, audio restoration and podcast editing needs. Uh, I love Goldwave as well for simpler things that don't require a whole lot of craziness, a whole lot of complexity. Goldwave is very respectable. Um, it's a Windows program. Reaper is Windows and Mac. And Jason, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you were just going to give somebody a, a recommendation for a simple two-track record, slice and dice, trim off the ends type program for the Mac, what would you say would be good for them to start with so they could, you know... I started with Amadeus Pro, and it actually isn't simple so much in that it allows for multi-track, but it is very easy to use right out of the box, and uh, Jonathan Mosen did a great tutorial on it, actually, and that's what got me into it. So that's where I started. Uh, this is Reg. They allowed me to unmute, and I didn't want to interrupt, but I had a mic question real quick. Okay. Uh, I've I'm, I'm been... Uh, doing some recording in an environment with, with high ceilings and pretty reverberant and everything. And I've been looking into lavalier mics that would work with the iPhone that are wireless. And I was trying to come up with a solution that would let you record from multiple mics, you know, fairly easily, you know, just a couple. So the person that you're interviewing and the interviewee so that you're not, you know, getting a lot of ambience that way. How are you trying to mix this down and go into the iPhone? Like a live thing? Uh, um, well, um, yeah, it would just be for recording. I just want to be able to pick up off of two of those mics at the same time. And it, it, they wouldn't have to be on separate tracks or anything. Just, you know, hmm. just to be able to pick up from two sources at the same time would be cool. I mean, you might find it more advantageous to get an audio interface and two mics. Mm -hmm. Honestly. True. And Reaper's great. It's got a million shortcut keys for it. Yep. So thanks. No problem. Allie, I'm sorry about Anchor. I truly know very little about it other than it's its own self-contained thing. And I was meaning to see if I could find something very quickly that would allow me to give you more info about it. But unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to get to that.
uh, because we are at 326 and they're shutting me up at 345, which makes me very sad because I could talk to you guys all day long because there's so much fun to be had in this space. Oh, I'm just yes. experimenting with it, recording things, playing it back at different <laughs> ways. Just <laughs> talk to yourself. Allie, if you think of writing to us, maybe we can get back to you further. Um, that's Again, that's webmaster at friendsinart.org. What I'm going to do is actually pull up an actual session that came from this very convention. And I'm going to show you in brief how it can be edited and the sound cleaned up. Um, this is advanced stuff, but you don't have to understand it to appreciate or even enjoy it because I tend to be snarky when I demo things. So that will uh, make it all right. Community, blah, whatever recording. Is that the one you were thinking about, Jason? Yes, it is. Okay. So I'm going to copy that to my clipboard. Reaper is kind of cool because one of the things you can do is you can actually just paste files into it from the clipboard. And so getting audio into it is incredibly easy. You just copy them from wherever they are and paste them to, into Reaper and it's, and it's a thing. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to route my NVDA to you as well so you can hear this. And going to go to nope. the uh, file menu. New project. No. Save project. And I'm save going project. to do... Save, new. save all project templates. Sub. Save project. Project templates. Podcast P. Podcast. Reaper query dialog. No button. No, I don't want to save all the isol blank track or the blank project. So now I have two tracks in front of me um, in the podcast template that I will be giving away on my website, which is lanesaudio.com. And uh, this project template has tracks that are set up in such a way that literally editing and trimming the audio in the podcast is something it kind of guides you through. And so Jason and I, along with many others in the awesome ACB uh, radio production team, have been using this thing to kind of get content edited up as efficiently as possible. So I'm just going to paste zero this file in zero. here at the beginning. One item added. Zero point one raw file, zero items. To move all isolated speech to this track, one item. And I pasted that on the wrong track. One community but that's all number right. I'll just uh, move it up. There's a key that will let you move the one file raw, to the right community. place. So I did that. One raw file, one item. Paint. Um, one I actually want one item to select. just change the track name. One community two zero two one zero seven one five. To the file name, which I did by pressing Control Alt F two. And let's copy that name because what's going to happen? When I press play, edit marker dialog is that name. comes up. Edit selected 1016 Swiss snapshot get 140,600. Now what's all that nonsense? Well, that is a marker right at the start of the file that has some code in it, which not only will stop the playback of the project, but will set up snapshots. In other words, different ways of processing the audio, different mixes the audio can be put through, right? so that people don't have to worry about trying to compress this or EQ that or gate this or whatever, blah. They just can pick things and pick the best setup that sounds the best to them and be done with it. So that markers code sets all that up and uh, does a fair few other things as well. But it also is what the file's going to be called when you save it. When you're done with your editing, the name of this marker is actually going to be the name of the final project uh, the final mp3 that you produce with this black 
community two zero two one zero seven one five. So I just unsaved. pasted the name of that in there, and now all ice. let's uh, get one, down two, to the business of editing this. Community two zero two one minus six point one. All right, so it's playing. Why aren't we hearing it? So it's the very reason why we rise each day, ready to face the next day's challenge. That comes. Good for you. All right. Opinions out of the All right, right here, I'm going to do a split. One item added. And move the rest of this audio. To community two zero number lock off. Down to the next track, which to move all isolated speech to this track. One item is called move all isolated speech to this track, because that's what you need to do to make this work. Now this is where the magic happens. Right now, if I go to the end of this project, 60 minutes 14.33 It's an hour and some change. Two move, one community two zero. But I'm going to press a key to load a snapshot. Good evening everybody. Welcome to Technology Learning Lab. Now as you for... notice, Sean's voice is really filtered right there. Now why is it so filtered? It's filtered because this auto trim operation, which a lot of editors will perform, uh, for you is unique in Reaper in that it listens to the audio through effects, meaning if there's some bassy rumbly fan or something in his room, it's not going to consider that as sound when it goes through and filters silence. One, one. So I'm going to do the auto, auto trimming with the appropriate numbers that I don't have time to cover. Suffice it to say, I do. Unsaved project. And there it is. 57 minutes, 8. And we've immediately trimmed three minutes off of this without touching a single thing. Because this is non-destructive, meaning I'm not editing the audio. I hit save right now. I've done nothing to the raw audio. I am just telling Reaper things to do with the audio, right? Because this is non-destructive, I can keep the trimming that's been automatically done. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Technology But I can take that, that filter away, and now we have Sean fully restored, but with that filtered audio being the detector input to the auto trim fancy things, fanciness in Reaper. To community. July 15th, 2000. Now, the way I edit these, because I don't have time to get actually into the material, is to start back and navigate to every item. In other words, every cut point that Reaper made, just to make sure there's no weird sounds that had happened there, or any ums, or can you hear me nows, or whatevers. And so that would sound something like this. So you do, thank you. Number okay, after. And we right, on the left. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, so uh, you want you, and then standard, standard. Uh, if you, if, um. There's an um right there. The typing. So let's get rid of that um. The the typing stuff. If you um yeah, and so and we can get rid of the um yeah. And they're trying to be extra careful. And so check it in context. That was a fine edit. I have no idea what they're talking about, but I edited it anyway. Onward. Trying to. It's probably yeah. It's probably number. It's half, it, it was, oh okay. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. So I would try. Um, yeah. So get rid of that yeah um. So business. I would so. Yeah. And it's called type. Uh, let's get rid of that mouth click because it's how fine we can edit. Let's zoom way in yeah. and just get right after the mouth click and before the actual word. Yeah. And it's not a little more. Yeah. And it's yeah. And, and yeah. And check that edit. The voiceover settings under typing. Yeah. And it's called typing style. 
and so on we go. Now, when we're ready to process this and kind of bring everybody together and sort of sounding the, you know, kind of trying to do all the EQing and compressing so the levels are all the same, people don't have to worry about a plugin or any plugins or anything with this particular template. Speech they just simply to move. press keys, uh, specifically um, Alt-Shift-Equals on the PC, and step through my snapshots that I've made of all these different ways to process audio until they hear something they like. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Technology Learning Lab for That's a July nice 15th, 2021. I am Sean Thiel, ACB Ohio's Executive Director. And then we have and, this one um, that I call too much of a good thing. Today we're going to talk about some of the different things that we can do to access convention. I'm going to actually uh, demonstrate some of them. And, uh, that's, and that's, that's too much compression to me. That's, that's uh, too much of a good thing as described. So I'm going to back that off literally by just... So that's going to be uh, a, what our first... Doing that. And now uh, I have added... <laughs> by simply stepping through those snapshots, a whole bunch of different effects that do a whole bunch of very cool things to the audio that I don't have time to break down. That makes me very sad. But what I have done, let's see, do we have questions time? 337. Oh, good. We can take questions. Thank yes. God. Because that was a lot. That was a whole lot. And that was done very quickly. And that was a whirlwind of, of insanity. But I do have a tutorial that I am working on to teach people how to do what I just did. Unfortunately, because I am a stickler, I'm a perfectionist, and things must be done to a very high standard, uh, I can't release it. I had it done. I had taught a Reaper class live for the ACB radio production team. I taught it twice. I had taken the best from each of those classes, and I had put it together. I was going to release it and sell it right here and now, but then Reaper's interface changed a touch, and so there's parts that need re-recording, so I've had to delay it. But what I do have is a form you can fill out if you want to be updated in terms of how this project is going. If you go to lanesaudio.com, that's L-A-N-E-S-A-U-D-I-O, no, no punctuation or anything, just lanesaudio.com slash reaper. That's spelled R-E-A-P-E-R. There's a little form there. It just wants your email address and your name. And I have a cool little place that I can go in WordPress and just send out a message to let people know what's up and where it is and what's going on and give some free previews of the material along the way. So even if you don't end up buying the thing, at least you'll be able to hear bits of what it sounds like for free. That's what I can do and what I have done. And so that's lanesaudio.com slash reaper. And we have several hands raised if you're ready for. Yeah, let's go. Okay. I don't know. It's Janet and Keith. So I don't know which one's talking. Okay. Go ahead. So yep. the broadcast mic, could you give us the name of the broadcast mic and approximately how much is this Reaper? And you can teach us how to use it in a tutorial or we're going to buy one. Three uh, questions. It's, it's going to be like, there's going to be two pieces to it, two parts, the okay. beginner and the uh, advanced. Uh, each beginner, are probably yeah. going to be about 10 hours long and it's going to be about 75 bucks for each uh -huh. part. Okay. And how much, how much is the Reaper program? The Reaper program, it's about 60. Okay. And you can use it for free. I'm, it will just nag you forever until you buy it, but it right. will work free. And I'm hearing that it works great with accessibility. And, and it's beautiful with accessibility. And okay, yes, and on JAWS. both platforms. Yep. And a broadcast mic? Then Depends on the budget. Hmm. Well, because the name. The, the, well, this SM7 is what I'm using. It's about 400 bucks. 
Um, okay, I, I wrote that one down. Okay, I, I uh, typed the it RE three, the EV RE three twenty is another pretty good one. Uh, Heil, I think it's H I L E, maybe E I L. I don't remember. Anyway, PR. I like the PR thirty better than any of the PR forty, to be honest with you. And if you're using a Zoom um, camera and mic, how do you know what your own sound sounds like? I have because I have a mixer and an audio interface and a bunch of fanciness. I'm able to hear myself back. Uh. Uh, but a normal person. <laughs> um, there are, well, depending on Windows or Mac and depending on the kind of mic, there are listen options built into those operating systems that will allow oh. you to loop things back. Okay, thank you so much. This was just excellent. Yeah, you're certainly welcome. Okay, we have Jeannie J. I don't think you covered this. I know you talked about if you're interviewing someone, how the person should be placed and how the mic should be and all that. But I've heard a lot of podcasts where they're interviewing someone over the phone. And in that case, get the best sound and to minimize all the bad stuff. Cause we know we can hear some really strange things over the phone. Honestly, that's, <laughs> that could be a whole workshop in and of itself. Uh, what I can tell you is a lot of people in the ACB radio production community seem to have really good luck with using the Zoom PodTrack P4s. Jonathan Mosen's podcast had Tim Cummings doing a demo of it. And so it lets you combine your computer and your iPhone, for example, in such a way that you could bring a caller in over your phone and have the mix of the microphone you plug into the PodTrack and your iPhone's caller uh be delivered to your computer and the computer either stream it or record it or whatever you like i've seen people do that and have very good results with it okay we have De deborah armstrong okay excellent so i've used studio recorder for years i'm comfortable with audio basics uh can i just get reaper and fool around with it myself i mean how much training do i need if i know the basics and how what would you say about using studio recorder instead of reaper i like studio recorder if you have studio recorder be I my love guest studio recorder i've used it forever um reaper is non-destructive so if you accidentally make an edit that you didn't like you can undo past your save in reaper which is pretty crazy and you can't really do that with gold wave or studio recorder or anything like that all right thank you for people that want to get Reaper and play with it, you're certainly welcome to. ReaperAccessibility.com has some pretty cool resources on it. Uh, they're not the most up-to-date. We're working on that behind the scenes. But uh, Reaper.fm is uh, where you download Reaper. And you'll want to get some other things to go with it. But I tell you what um, we should probably do is just have you guys go to reaperaccessibility.com for now because all of the links to various resources except for the tutorial that I'm work that I've almost got finished are up there links to download reaper should be there links to download osara which is the plugin that makes it work with screen readers that should be there um and you know you, you can get in the the community of reaper users that are on that site as well but it's a lot of noise oh my god that list is loud Mm -hmm. The RWP Reapers Without Peepers list, it's very loud. It made, There's a lot of traffic. Mm -hmm. All right, and we have barely one minute left. Do we have time for a question? I, I think we better give the closing code and, and wrap okay. up. Well, there, there's quite a few hands raised. <laughs> sure, okay. Well, I, I want to thank all of you for participating in this session. I um, 
think by the show of hands that we've covered a, a lot of information and there's a lot of enthusiasm and, and some more questions. So I'm, I'll give the address one more time. You can write to us at webmaster at friendsinart.org. And let me give you the closing CEU code. It is 67218. Again, 67218. Thank you all so much for participating.